0: I'm gonna be the man who makes up next to you when I go out Yeah I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you if I get concrete, Well in a set I of events that surprises absolutely no one. The Oklahoma Sooners have punched their ticket to make it to the championship round of the Women's College World Series, Oklahoma dominating UCLA 15 to nothing in the second game on Monday afternoon. Now you do have to give the Bruins a little bit of credit here for making this somewhat interesting by taking the first game. And and that's where if you're if you're a kind of person who kind of scrolls through social media looking for a way to criticize, because isn't that what we do as fans? We can't just take all the good. We gotta we gotta find some bad somewhere in all this. And that's where you're gonna find it in that first game where the decision to start Nicole May really was the a, a decision that backfired uh costing Oklahoma that first game but let's let's just stop and and pause for a second and can we, before we really jump into this conversation can we not admit that Patty Gasso knows so much more about the intricacies, the ins and outs of college softball than you and I ever will. And there's always a method to her madness, so to speak. That's why she's the greatest softball coach in Oklahoma history and one of the greatest softball coaches in the world of all time. But that said, you're going to find a lot of discussion on the decision to start Nicole May against UCLA. And and I, I do understand and and here here's my attempt to try to explain this. And and I'm going to preface this by saying I do believe Gasso's plan worked. It, it worked. What she wanted to do, she really wanted to kind of keep Hope one in her back pocket. Now, don't forget when these two teams met in February, it was Jordy Ball who led Oklahoma to victory over UCLA. What was that, February twelfth, uh, when Oklahoma played in the in that uh, invitational out in. Uh, irvine california right it was Jordy ball and that was kind of her coming out party and so the bruins had seen Jordy ball and you've got Jordy ball coming back from an injury you're not really for sure how she's going to uh, respond in this situation she is a true freshman this is the biggest stage of the biggest stage in college softball and you got to kind of win to get in right but you you got two things going for you if you're Patty Gasso. The first thing that you have going for you is the decision to keep Hope Trotwan back. The second thing you got going for you is that UCLA has to beat you twice. And so knowing that they've already faced Jordy Ball, so there was a scattering report on her. Knowing that Jordy Ball has, is is working her way back from injury, it's kind of a no brainer to start Nicole May. And if it backfires, you get to come back and play them a second time. They've got to beat you twice. And and, and that's something that people just don't do. Teams don't beat Oklahoma twice. So it didn't work with Nicole May. But here's what you gain from that. Here's what you learn. Jordy Ball looks healthy. I mean, she she threw well. She had her spunk. She had her fire. She had her, her stare down. She had her swagger. She looked like the Geordie Ball of old. She looked like the Jordy Ball that we saw that began that Bedlam series before she got injured. And so that's, that's positive news for Oklahoma fans as this championship series looms. But then you come back with Hope Trotwine, who UCLA had not seen this season and is a better pitcher than Nicole May. And Hope Shotwine just dominated the Bruins lineup in that second game. And, and there's, there's a lot to celebrate about the way Oklahoma beat UCLA in that second game. I mean, Jocelyn Allo is the queen of college softball, and she will be the queen of college softball for a long, long time. And all she did was add to her legacy in this game. Two home runs, one of them a grand slam, four for four from the plate, seven RBI, ties the Women's College World Series records on the RBI But in all of that, don't overlook just how dominant Hope Trotwine was against a UCLA lineup that had been pretty good. Don't don't forget UCLA sent Florida home via run rule. UCLA looked really good against Oklahoma in that first game on on Monday. But then Hope Trotwine comes around and completely shuts the Bruins down. So now you've got got a, a move into the championship series, in which you're thinking a lot of people are going with, hey, it's got to be Holt Trout one, it's got to be whole Trout one. And, I, and I, I don't know that I disagree with that. But I do think Jordy Ball becomes a huge factor in this championship series. I think that's what ultimately what Patty was trying to do. I think ultimately Patty Gasso was trying to save Jordy Ball for whoever they would face in the championship series. And don't forget, she really kind of had her way with Oklahoma State. Earlier in the season, in, in that Bedlam series. Of course, obviously she didn't pitch in the Big 12 tournament. So what do you do if you're Patty Gasso? Do you ride the hot hand and hope shot one? Or do you throw Jordy Ball back out there, knowing that she looks like she's as close to 100% as she's going to get before the end of the season? And that's a pretty good conundrum to have. I, I think really it 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 depends on, to me... I think it depends on – well, here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. I I think what you're going to see here is one – you're going to see two pitchers. You're going to see one start. You're going to see one do game two, and then you save whoever starts game one for game three. I I, I think they're going to approach this very much in the same manner as what they did with this UCLA series, knowing that someone's got to beat them twice. So I think you, you see how how game one goes. But I, I don't I don't know that we're gonna see Nicole May have any uh significant minutes the rest of this season. Knowing what we saw from Jordy Ball, knowing what we saw from Hope Trotwine, and the, the fact that this team has Monday off. Well, both teams have Monday off, but the fact that that they have Monday off, uh, I mean Hope Trotwine can come back well rested. I say Monday, they have Tuesday off, sorry. Hope Trotwine can come back real well-rested on Wednesday to start this series. Jordy Ball, nursing that injury, could come back well-rested to start this series on Wednesday. So it's going to be an interesting decision on what Patty does. But I do think whatever, whatever direction she goes, whoever starts Game 1 would be in line to start Game 3. Now, can we talk about the Big 12 for just a minute? I know we're going to break down this championship series, and I'm really excited about it, and you should be excited about it as well. But can we just talk about how good the Big 12 is? Do you, do you remember when the announcement was made and the pairings were set and the teams came out, you had the 64 teams, you got your regionals all set, you got your host, you got your national seeds? And, and don't forget, Texas wasn't a national seed. But everyone's talking about how good the Big Ten was. Everyone's talking about how good the ACC was. A couple of tips to the hat to the SEC. But there was the Big Twelve, just three teams. Big Twelve just got three teams in. Two teams were going to host. Texas had to go on the road. But not only did the the, the three Big Twelve teams, not only did they win their regionals. Not only did they win the super regional, not only did they qualify for the women's college world series, but four of the three of the final four teams standing in the women's college world series were from the Big 12. Now you're gonna have an all Big Twelve Championship series. I think it's time to acknowledge that this was the best softball conference in America. And that, that brings up the question when, when you talk about teams that were very, very close. Teams that were very, very close to getting into the NCAA tournament, but they 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 didn't make it, bubble teams. I think Iowa State, I, th- I think now we can 100% say Iowa State got jobbed. Don't forget the final four in the Big 12 tournament was Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Iowa State. And then you, got to, you get to the final four of the, of the Women's College World Series, and there's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas still standing in, in the national tournament. So I think if there's someone who said, yeah, we probably got job, it's Iowa State. But Baylor, I mean, Baylor as well, there, there's no way. When, when, when you look at how strong this conference performed in the postseason, when you look at 75% of the Final Four was the Big 12. When you look at the National um, the Championship Series, is going to be an all-Big 12 affair. You're telling me you don't think Iowa State could have made some noise in this tournament? You're telling me you don't think Baylor could have made some noise in this tournament when you look at exactly how good Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and Texas are th- These are 3 of the 4 best teams remaining in the nation 3 of the 4 best teams in the country and, and that means on your schedule that's a guaranteed on your schedule that's a guaranteed 5 to 9 losses in conference play And so I think because of that, the conference slate is probably a little bit skewed. But here we go. Championship Series. All Big 12. Let's get after it. All right, so before we break down this uh, Oklahoma-Texas matchup, I do need to say something about Mike White because I have been super critical of the guy uh, since he came to Texas, since he left Oregon to come to the University of Texas. And, and really, um, a lot of that stems from the progress that, that Oklahoma State made under Kenny in and, and the fact that Texas paid Mike White a boatload of money uh, in terms of softball salaries for coaches to come to the big 12 and to compete with Patty Gasso. And Kenny Gajewski was doing that uh, way better than, than Mike White had done at Texas. And really I, I brought it up to the point that I felt like Kenny Gajewski and Oklahoma state had become what Texas had desired to become under Mike White Now you can take that entire argument and you can throw it out the window because not only is Mike White in the championship series for the very first time ever in his career, but he took out Oklahoma state to get there uh, and did it in convincing fashion winning two games on Monday. Now you've got the red river rivalry in the championship series of the, of the, uh, I started to say the big 12, but of the women's college world series. And I think Texas is getting their money's worth out of it. They're, they're getting what they paid for now in Mike White. And I, the argument that I had thrown out there for the last three seasons, going back to 2020 uh, before that season got canceled, is that, uh, you know, that, that argument's null and void now because I, I think Mike White has, has proved his merit. I think he has Texas where he wanted them to be and where the Longhorns wanted them to be. And it just took him a little bit longer than, than people expected to get there. But now you got to think about pressure. Now, now you got to think about when you break down this matchup between the Sooners and the Longhorns. This isn't just, you know, a Big Twelve series. This isn't a Big Twelve championship series. This is a this is the Red River rivalry on a national championship level, and and it's all about pressure at this point. and And I, I think here's where Oklahoma has its first advantage in this championship series because you've got a guy in Mike White who's, who's finally arrived. I mean, he's finally gotten Texas on, on that, that platform that, that they wanted to be on. He he's accomplished something with the Longhorns. They never accomplished at Oregon, but he's, I mean, he's fighting a legend now in Gasso. You know, they say uh, in this part of the country, this ain't my first rodeo. Well, it is Mike White's first rodeo, but it is a long way a long way from Patty Gasso's first rodeo in this championship series. And so not only are you there for the first time, but you're there for the first time against the defending national champions, the team that has gone wire to wire number one in the nation. So there's pressure there. And then there's pressure because it's Oklahoma. I mean, you, you you take away the defending national champion, you take away the wire-to-wire number one team in the country, and just put the logos on the field, there's pressure. But that pressure gets amplified because why did Texas have to win twice on Monday? Because Oklahoma sent them into the losers' bracket. So these two teams have already faced each other. Oh, they've, they've already they, they've already played each other in on this stage in this stadium it, uh, uh, at this level and Texas lost and lost rather convincingly to the to the University of Oklahoma. And so because it's your first time there and because you're playing the defending national champions because you're playing your your nemesis, your arch rival and because it's the team that puts you into the losers bracket, I think when you look at pressure, this the advantage is on on Oklahoma's side, and I've said all that about Mike White, and 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 it's true. Okay, so I don't I don't want to take away from that, but pressure is what cost Oklahoma State their shot at a national championship. The reason this is Oklahoma-Texas and not Oklahoma-Oklahoma State, the reason it's Red River rivalry and not Bedlam, is because Oklahoma State in that fifth inning just completely buckled under pressure. And now you're going to amp that up even more. And and I think that's probably an advantage that would maybe you'd see that in game one. I I don't know that it'll be there for game two, but maybe in game one, Maybe that's where Oklahoma can just jump out and, and take advantage of a mistake or two that Texas may throw out there. But let's, let's talk about Oklahoma's hitting versus the Texas pitching because I think here comes another advantage for the Sooners. Oklahoma seemed to have cracked the code against Haley Delsini Saturday Uh racking up what is it five runs against her in, in that game. Texas put three pitchers in the circle all three pitchers gave up at least one run Dolcineni giving up five and, and 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 you know the Sophia Simpson girl you know she she was she became the the uh, internet sensation the meme uh, with her reaction to Tiara Jennings home run that was hit off of her but the, the point is when, when you look at Texas pitching versus Oklahoma hitting, I, I don't know that the advantage for Texas is in Dulcini as much as, and, and when I say advantage, I, I think probably a, a better word is opportunity or, you know, um, th- their, their best chance. Maybe that's pretty much what we're getting at. I don't know that it's in Dulcini, but, but if you're Mike White, you have to throw her. I mean, you're going to, you're going to go into maybe a, a three-game series, if it's the best of three, and, and there's no way you're getting through and the same thing for Oklahoma. You're not getting through a three-game series with just one pitcher. So I think if I'm Mike White in game one, I'm starting Estelle Check. And the reason why is because Oklahoma didn't see her on Saturday. They saw Dulcini. And I know Dulcini came in and kind of was the hero in that second game um, against Oklahoma State on, on Monday night. But But the reality is... I think Oklahoma's fresh on her right now. And so I think Shaq is 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 who you've got to crack the code with against now if you're JT Gasso. And and that's why I, I would expect them to, to lead with her and 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 see where where that takes them. Now if you flip the script there and put Oklahoma's pitchers in the circle. I, I I was kind of alluding to this earlier in the podcast. I think if it was Oklahoma State, then you go with Jordy Ball, but now that it's Texas, I really I mean I, I'm not throwing Jordy Ball on on Wednesday night. I'm going with Hope Troutwine, and here's why: she just went seven innings against Texas on Saturday, and she gave up two runs. Yeah, she was on the hook for two runs, but it ended up being a seven to seven to two win for Oklahoma and. And you know what when you, when you look at the stat line there's it's not heavy in strikeouts so she was pitching for contact and let the defense back her up so if this is a situation where look you you you're trying like jordy ball you know jordy, jordy ball is going to going to throw strikeouts and if it's a situation where where you're trying just to rack up strikeouts rack up strikeouts rack up strikeouts and then they finally start touching you Typically, that turns south in a hurry, and, and that's what happened with Dulcini Saturday against Oklahoma's lineup. They started touching her, and then it went it went south. You saw the same thing with Oklahoma against UCLA on Monday in that second game. Once, once they crack that code, when, and, and there's nobody better in the business than JT Gasso at, at cracking that code. But once they get there, once Oklahoma gets there, it's lights out. Well, they, Texas was hitting off of Hope Tratwan, but they weren't getting on base. So it's the way she's pitching them into ground outs and the pop flies and that kind of stuff, and that's so much more difficult to adjust to than a strikeout pitcher. So I would expect Patty to go with Hope Tratwan in game one, maybe bring in Jordy Ball as a closer uh, if, if she's going to try to do both both pitchers. You know, like like Hope get uh, two two shots through the lineup – and then you bring in Jordy for a change of pace. Or you could go the traditional Hope Trout 1 game 1, Jordy Ball game 2. And if you needed a game 3, go back to Hope Trout 1. But that's how I would expect this pitcher's lineup to go for both schools. Again, both schools are going to have to throw two pitchers. I think if, if you're Oklahoma, and we've we already talked about this, I, I think barring a special circumstance like in a game 3 then Nicole May is probably out uh, for this series just because you mean it, it, I mean look what they did last year. They rode Giselle Juarez all the way to the championship once they got to this point. And so I think I think Patty's probably going to tighten the reins on on her pitchers as opposed to like, you know, throw more people out there just just for experience. At this point, you don't need experience, you need to win. And as much as you know, we appreciate what Nicole May did. Again, I'm backtracking here, but there's a clear difference in what Hope Trot one brings to the circle, what Jordy Ball brings to the circle, and what Nicole May brings to the circle. And when you're looking at the healthy Jordy Ball now, I just I just don't see it in the cards right now for Nicole May, barring something unforeseen. So that leaves really what the advantage is going to come down to, and this is the no-duck, have an obvious statement here. It's going to come down to pitching versus hitting, and that could go either way, but you got to, you got to, at this point, how can you not give that advantage to Oklahoma? Oklahoma and Texas are the top 2 hitting teams in the Big 12. The Sooners with 370 team average, Texas coming in just over 300 at 307, but when you start breaking that down individually, the top 2 percentage batters in the Big 12 are on Oklahoma's roster. I mean they're they're in the lineup. Jocelyn Ala, who is just tearing up the Women's College World Series and her final ever appearance there. Jocelyn is, is on the season now. She's hitting 5'10 on the season. Um, just a ridiculous 32 home runs, 82 RBIs. Um, and and then right behind her is Jada Coleman at 432. Guess who's number four? Grace Lyons at 407. And then number six, Tiara Jennings at 390. Number seven, Riley Boone, 390. Number nine, Alyssa Brito at 371. And so when you round out the top 10 batters in in the Big 12, you got Jocelyn Alo at number two, Jada Coleman at no, excuse me, Jocelyn Allo at number one, Jada Coleman at number two, Grace Lyons at number four, Tiari Jennings at number six, Riley Boone, number seven, and then Alyssa Brito at number nine. There's only two Texas batters in the top ten. And I'm just talking Big 12 only because this is a big 12 of affair, right? So that in its, in itself, again, we're talking about advantage. We're, we're talking about where where can Oklahoma find themselves in an advantageous situation over Texas? Here's here is one right here, a big one. We, we already talked about cracking the code. And if they can do this what what, what they did to Dulcini, if they can do that against Czech. I mean, look, there's just there's too much talent. There's too Patty Gasso said it. You've heard the ESPN announcers say it, you've heard other opponents say it. This is a very deep, powerful, high percentage hitting team. I mean, Riley Boone, number seven in the Big 12. She's a bottom of the order batter. Alyssa Brito, number number nine in the Big Twelve, she's a bottom of the order batter. Grace Lyons is a middle of the order batter. I I just I, I just I, I mean, like I, I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to throw a bone to Texas, but you do realize also that the top four home run hitters in the Big Twelve are in Oklahoma's lineup. When you throw in Tiari Jennings, she's number two behind Jocelyn Olo. And we've seen her power in Oklahoma City. So your, your top four home run hitters in the Big 12 are Jocelyn Olo with 32, Tiari Jennings with 26, Grace Lyons with 22, and then Alyssa Brito at 14. You got to go all the way down to number eight to find Courtney Day from Texas with 12. So percentage, or I guess average instead of percentage, but batting average, power average, everything seems to be favoring the University of Oklahoma in this matchup. And, and maybe the thing that we haven't talked about enough is that Texas has to beat Oklahoma twice? I, I know, I know Oklahoma has to beat Texas twice as well. I get that. But you're looking at two teams that have played each other four times this season. And in those four games, Oklahoma's three and one. And they've got to, they've got to do something that really no one has has been able to do you beat Oklahoma once and I said this last year about this team if you beat them one time the only thing you've done is you've given them all the information all the data all, all all the looks that they need to make sure you don't do it again and and you can look at you can look at ucla this season or just just Monday you you can I mean there, there's so many ways you can look at this you, you go back to the world series last year florida state taking game 1 but all, all you're doing is you're giving oklahoma enough information to make sure you don't beat them again and and when your texas facing this lineup that's just really on fire right now i mean look you you're you're taking you're taking your life in your own hands so to speak right you've got one pitcher that they haven't cracked the code on or at least they haven't seen shown that they've cracked the code on we may learn that's different Wednesday night and so you're if you're if you're Mike White if you're the Texas longhorns you're going up against the most potent lineup in college softball right now at the moment and you got to figure something out so we'll see We'll see how it goes. I I think Oklahoma sweeps the series. I wouldn't. I mean, look, it's the two best teams in the country. Who would have thought? I really, really thought we were heading towards a Bedlam championship series here in Oklahoma City, which would have been a lot of fun. But uh, at least now we don't have to hear everybody talking about, if it was OU and OSU, we don't have to hear everybody talking about how the Oklahoma schools have the home field advantage because the games are played in Oklahoma City. At least Texas is there now. Um it's pretty cool it's an all big 12 affair one way or the other but uh look I I really feel like if this was Oklahoma State in Oklahoma I think I would have picked this thing to go three games but if it's Oklahoma in Texas, which is what it is, I think it's two games. I really do. I think it, I, I realize Texas is riding the hot hand. I realize Texas is the Cinderella, right? They're they're the first unseeded team, not not a national seed, to make it this far. They're Cinderella. That honestly, Cinderella makes it to the Final Four. Sometimes Cinderella makes it to the championship. Cinderella doesn't really win at all very often. And I think this. Uh, I think clock strikes midnight probably on Thursday for the Texas Longhorns. We got um, a lot more information. Heartland-Sports.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Sports Heartland. Uh, we always love and enjoy hearing from you guys. So make sure uh, to hit us up. Enjoy the games, and uh, we'll give you a recap uh, later on in the week. Bye. Bye.